The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. It is Friday, January 26th, bright and early, getting ready for an AFC Championship game. I am Steven Serta, joined as I am each and every Friday morning to give our, our thoughts ahead of another Chiefs game is the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Sweeney. AFC Championship weekend, only a couple of days away from hopefully uh, another Chiefs win and hopefully another Patrick Mahomes road playoff win. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting experience this weekend. I'm so used to covering this game each and every year and not having to leave too far from uh, the house. But fly out first thing on Saturday morning. Uh, The Baltimore fan base is probably going to be I'd imagine very excited to have this game. It'll be an interesting phenomenon to see so much on the line and the Chiefs on the road. I thought last week was fun, so good to be making the trip, and we'll keep you updated on everything we have uh, from the ground uh, at Arrowhead Pride. And Steve, uh, let's not forget, let's say it early this time, right? We can answer some questions or thoughts that you might have if you just what tweet back at us or you leave a comment on Facebook. Are we on Facebook as well? Yes, Facebook, okay. YouTube, Twitter. All right. So all three, any any kind of comments we can uh, chat about uh, right at the end of this report. But yeah, should be a great weekend, right, Steve? Yeah, uh, I hope so. Um, yep. You know, we've been covering this game all week and d- discussing it. And I feel like I've been going back and forth. I did make my official prediction on show and BK last night. And we'll also have those available on arrowheadpride.com. I'm assuming sometime tomorrow. Um I've been going back and forth all week long on this P and I know it's, it's championship weekend and these are the final four teams in the NFL. And I think two of the best possible matchups that we could have possibly gotten. I do think this is the best AFC championship game we could have gotten. And, Mm. you know, for the first time, the chiefs have played the Ravens since 2021. I believe I'm really excited for this game because this was supposed to be, 
uh, a big time NFL rivalry that I feel like we've been robbed of the last couple of years because Joe Burrow and Josh Allen yeah. kind of kind of passed Lamar Jackson in the pecking order of in terms of head to head rivalries with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, this was the original rival as we continue to shuffle through rivals each and every year and trying to find the the Manning to Patrick's Mahomes or uh, Patrick's Brady, I should say. Um, you know, you, you talk about Lamar and, and some of those early matchups. They played for four years in a row. Chiefs win three and one. Lamar actually got the last one, but this is now you know, three or four years ago. And there was a, if you remember, Steve, a key Clyde fumble in that game. That's before we knew uh, the Tasmanian devil from Jersey existed. Uh, just taking a, a grown man's job out of Rutgers and Clyde fumble then and that game went the other way but the Chiefs also blew to like an 11 point lead in that one it doesn't matter now these are two very very different teams but at that time I just remember thinking man this is going to be a crazy rivalry where I'm sure they're going to meet in the playoffs because these are two of the up clear and up and coming best teams and the Ravens are so so consistent you know remind me a lot of the Steelers in that way and then they just didn't play for a couple of years. And so now you finally get it. And I think Lamar Jackson is at the top of his game. And Nick Wright has been saying this the past couple of weeks, like uh, our down season is better than your best season, which is true. Like the Chiefs are kind of in a down year, but still there anyway. And so we'll see if one uh, thing uh, goes, uh, you know, to another and we'll see what what uh, the Ravens can do. But I, I think the Chiefs uh, in a down year that we're talking about are – um, probably in the best spot they've been all year, uh, just considering the defense is so consistent, had a couple bad quarters, but played well in the fourth quarter. And then you had the offense, uh, to me, look as good as it has all season last week, which is what you want. So so much of this is peaking at the right time, and the Chiefs waited to like the last possible second uh, on New Year's, Billy Crystal style, to, uh, to find themselves, and they were able to. And... Yeah, I, I want to focus on that again for a second. Like you mentioned what Nick Wright has been saying about, you know, a, a Chiefs down year is still an AFC championship game. Right. And it it is it, it's been a, a crazy season for the Kansas City Chiefs, where as early as a month ago, Pete, we were like, this team doesn't have it in them. Like going into that Bengals game, we we're like, they could miss the playoffs if they lose this game, but they don't it was stop unraveling. Yeah, it was unraveling for sure. And and the the expectations and everything, like everybody's like, oh, this team doesn't have it this year. It's over. And then they flip the switch in the second half of that Cincinnati game, and then basically take Week 18 off. And then it's like, yeah, okay, they're back. Like we're we're we a six field goal half from Harrison Butker and a win over the Cincinnati Bengals. And it's like, okay, we're trending in the right direction again. They're back. And they just are like Patrick Mahomes has been excellent so far in the playoffs. The chiefs defense has been spectacular and they've got their toughest test of the season on Sunday against this Baltimore Ravens team. And I'm incredibly excited about it. I think this is another opportunity where, it's I think on paper, the Ravens are probably the better team this year, but I've been grappling with it all week long, and I just don't see any way I can bet against Patrick Mahomes in this situation. Yeah, I feel that way, too. Uh, now, especially after seeing last week, last week scared me. I mean, I, I just I guess maybe I, I picked the wrong way because you try to look at it from Bolt's perspectives and it just felt like such a if Josh Allen doesn't do it in this game, they're never gonna win you know and i, I kind of described that and i think we felt that i mean there was some desperation there in, in buffalo and 
Mahomes uh, stayed inevitable. Uh, you can't uh, beat Patrick Mahomes, and and you can't beat the the drive that he, he sets with his team. And and now I think you're in a situation where, um, you know, you know, I was a little bit worried about the road last week because I thought it tipped a 50-50 scale. Whereas there's a, an aspect of Mahomes where he seems to really enjoy, enjoy being the bad guy, like going in and really disappointing fans. Uh, you know, I, I've never seen on an on an nfl field uh a player just getting pelted with snowballs with a bright smile gigantic smile on his face like not even really caring and actually kind of embracing it and so i don't know i think it, there is a case to be made that mahomes is a better quarterback because he likes being the bad guy uh, and you could see it in the statistics and so i i'm with you i it's hard to pick against him uh at this stage you know maybe that would change uh, in a super bowl situation but right now i you know, I think it it's the pressure once again on the other team. Like whenever you have a certain team or player that has won uh, multiple championships going against uh, the guy or the franchises here, you know, two, three franchises in a row where they have never uh, won it, you're you're going to be um, without uh, as much pressure. And I think all the pressure is kind of shifted to Baltimore and uh, it will be especially palpable once we get to, to Sunday afternoon. Yeah, there's something to be said uh, about the guy in professional sports who just revels in yeah. uh, disappointing other fan bases and other yeah. teams. And it's Jordan like it, it's like yeah. Jordan like it's like a little um, tiger like um, Jordan is, is is a better comparison because, you know, even in Tiger's greatest days, I don't, there was never really any showboating. You, know, you yeah. put Jordan and jo Jordan would be carry it over to the mic but you could tell there's there's a jordan mahomes uh comparison behind closed doors when they share the locker room video or certainly with the white lines when you get mahomes mic'd up he he talks a lot uh on the actual field as you can tell and he talked about how this week how travis kelsey uh you know really the, these games where th these these like high leverage yeah. situations and going on the road and like Kelsey, I think talked about on his podcast, like how he loves the booze and he loves being on the road and, and disappointing other fans. So like it's, it's an unfamiliar stage in that it's a road AFC championship game, but this team has been in this situation before. And, you know, just going back to some early Mahomes playoff performances, like on these big stages in these big moments, like, Early in his career, we saw him kind of come out struggling a little bit in these big, huge stage situations yeah. and have these slow starts. And I think he's totally past that now where there is no stage too big for him as a quarterback and, and really this Chiefs uh, squad just as a team overall. And some of that's experience. And, and you have to wonder how that comes into play on Sunday, because I know the Ravens are at home. But this is unfamiliar territory for this particular version of the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. So you have to wonder if that's going to come into play at all on Sunday. The Chiefs have so many of these players who, you know, even Sunday, think about the Super Bowl team last year, who have played in the most important game already and really done a, a nice job. I mean, you talk about um, Mahomes and Kelsey. You know, all the receivers that were here last year, they played in last year's Super Bowl. The the, the running back, um, all three levels of the defense, even like Trent McDuffie in his rookie season played in the Super Bowl. So everyone has that experience. This is not going to be too big for them, and you hope that Kansas City takes uh, advantage of that, just settles in. Uh, Rasheed Rice is one that is very important, but, man, his manner and temperament, and it, he, 
it's like I, I could tell uh, he just plays his game and, and do, there is like no big moment for him because it, he's just so nonchalant about it. So I I feel really good about KC and I think they ought to use that that maybe those nerves, that pressure um, being able to settle in in that type of situation to their advantage. Try to get out to a, you know, take advantage of that early lead and just never look back. I mean, I think that's the that's the big thing. If anyone's going to be impressing it or I should say pressing in, in this game. Uh, you would think that it would be Lamar Jackson if he starts to maybe not have those running lanes or has a few missed throws. Try to take advantage of that early if you're Kansas City. Yeah, and you talk about Rasheed Rice and just think back to the beginning of the season when you know he was struggling with drops and it was like, oh no, there's no wide receivers in this passing room. That you know what? And, and he has been clutched so far. I have something to say about that. I, I put a I don't even remember what I did, but it was an ex post and like kind of linking to like Jamar Chase's drops. And I got a lot of feedback that was like, we're going to kind of compare this rookie already to Jamar Chase. Uh, probably more so Bengals fans because they're nuts on X and annoying. <laughs> but uh, but what you end up happening is he was the second best rookie wide receiver in the league. He was, yeah. um, you know, like or and and like this case is made too. Um, Puka was the only better wide receiver, but it's not like the Rams took him in the second round. The Rams yeah. passed him four times. Everyone passed on Puka. That, that was how lucky is that? And so, really, when in the evaluation level, the premium picks, as they call them, the Chiefs did the best. And who knows? I'm not saying that he's going to necessarily be Jamar Chase, but he's a pretty dang good wide receiver, anyway. So he, retroactively, Pete is now upset with you. He, he's definitely got an opportunity to be a cornerstone player moving forward. Yeah, against the Chiefs yes. offense, correct. Um, yeah, and it was a really talented rookie wide receiver class and for him to leave the mark that he has on this offense is something that's really impressive. So I, I expect him to have an opportunity to have a high impact on Sunday as well. And we'll get into the injury report again. If you guys got any questions, observations or anything, get in the comments section. We'll try to get to those before we get out of here. Um, but, but before we turn the page and dive into the injuries, cause there are some guys we really need to pay attention to for the Kansas city chiefs ahead of this contest, but I, I want to talk about the defense really quick and just Steve Spagnolo and, and everything that he's accomplished this season with that side of the ball, because uh, a lot's being made this week about the chiefs offense, obviously, and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, what are they going to do against this talented Ravens defense that for some reason is being recognized um, is like this all world unit. Like this, this yeah. is one of the most talented defenses we've ever seen. And, when you really look at the numbers, the Chiefs defense is right there with them. And for some reason, the Chiefs defense is still being overlooked in this thing. Like they haven't been an elite unit all season long. And I think that, you know, obviously you need the offense to to uh, find ways yeah. to score points and to capitalize in the red zone, which is something they've still been struggling with in the playoffs. But if they can do that against this Ravens defense, obviously you got a great opportunity to win. But I think just as important and a key thing in this that's being overlooked on the Chiefs defense is defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo and how incredible he's been this season and right. getting the most out of that side of the ball. But also, like, we didn't talk enough about this week what they did in the second half against the Buffalo Bills. Like, Josh Allen had three opportunities mm -hmm. to try to take the lead over the Chiefs late in that game, and the Chiefs' defense was fantastic, and they shut him down late in the game. And also in the second half, they, they really – slowed down that Buffalo offense. It was absolutely torching them on the ground in the first half. And a lot of that is the adjustments that were made by Steve Spagnolo because the bills were having a lot of success yeah. on offense in the first half. And then in the second half, they put the clamps down like we've seen them do 
all year long. And I think this one, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, in the first half, that game plan's given them problems because we know how dangerous Lamar Jackson is, especially when he starts using his legs and creating plays and, and doing all of that stuff. But the way the Chiefs adjust throughout the game and the way the Chiefs adjust to the looks that they're getting from the Ravens and that offense is going to be just as big a key in this one in the Chiefs trying to get to another Super Bowl and take down the Ravens in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, I mean, I think the squarest take right now you'll hear toward the end of this week will be the Chiefs run D was bad against Buffalo, so Baltimore will run all over them because I, I think we're so used to reacting very quickly to the previous game and then suddenly the next game pops up and you just kind of assume that it's going to be one one way or the way it was in that previous game and I know that the Chiefs if there was a weakness here it, it's been against the run game but this is the strength for Baltimore and Spags has been really good with these plans and I think Spags has always been this good he just really has the right personnel to accomplish everything he's trying to accomplish and you know, I, I know Lamar has been really good and the Ravens have been really good, but there's going to be a very clear cut plan that'll be installed that the players are going to believe in to limit that stuff on the ground. And so uh, I think it is a matter of, you know, forcing Lamar to throw. And that that's not me saying that that I think that he can't pass. I mean, the Chiefs are still going to have to defend in the secondary, but make him make him win against your elite secondary. Right. Like even if he's throwing the ball well and has a connection with his pass catchers, Mark Andrews, Dave Flowers, et cetera. Like let, let your secondary go in the, up in those battles. Cause we've seen the strength there. And I, I don't think that the Lamar is going to be able to have these big gashes. I mean, give him one or two explosive plays in the game. Uh, but I just think Spagnuolo is going to have a, a plan for that. M more talked about uh, as, as you're hearing different things, especially nationally has been um, a, the Ravens defense, but you know, offensively, you know, they're going to run on the Chiefs and, and run all over the Chiefs. Like, no, Spagnuolo saw the same things we did. They're going to have things in place to address some of the, those problems and certainly uh, contain Lamar as, as that's the number one objective for the defense. It's we always talk about, you know, how important it is to get out to an early lead. And every team in the NFL wants to do that. Like, yes, you, you want to be in control throughout the game so you can yeah. dictate the flow of the game and do the things that you want to do on both sides of the ball. But it feels like that's even more important this week against this team, because when you look at the Baltimore Ravens schedule, too, and you really dive into their performance this season. Yes, they're a tremendous football team top to bottom. They got one of the most talented rosters in all of the NFL. But a big thing with them is they have not spent a lot of time playing from behind this season. And. Lamar Jackson, I, I think, is a much better passer than anyone gives him credit for. I, I think they can still win in that type of game if right. they need to, but it's not how they prefer to play. Like they they prefer right. to get a lead or even against the Houston Texans, where you know that's a close game until I think it's a one score game going into the fourth quarter of, of a divisional round playoff game. And then the Ravens just absolutely took over and they took over on the ground because once the Texans were tired and they started unleashing yeah. Lamar Jackson and they started doing these design quarterback runs, which they haven't done much of. It's in interesting that they saved those for the postseason because we know how devastating Lamar can be that way. Like that they want to get play from ahead or they want it to be a close game where late in the game that that defensive lines tired a a after battling all, all, all game long. They want to crush you with the run. 
And if yeah. you can if you can put them in a situation where they aren't allowed to do that, where they do have to throw the football, I do think that's a favorable situation for the Chiefs, even though I, I think Lamar is fully capable of doing that if that's where they have to go in this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I I I completely agree. And I, I just think that I mean you have a situation where uh, this is the best part of your team. It's limiting the opposing offense. And I, like I said, I just think there's going to be a, a good plan in place. And you talk about the conditioning stuff late in the game where you have defenders that are getting tired. Uh, this is why Andy Reid always says he does those long and hard training camp practices and tries to get them in as best shape as possible for the longevity that this chief season has become. I mean, here we are and January 26th, we started in late July, Steve. So uh, if we're feeling it and it's been long for us, can imagine if we were actually playing in the in the games. And so Reed will have them conditioned. Spagnuolo will have a plan and, and we'll see what happens when everything uh, comes to a head on Sunday. Yeah, I, I'm definitely feeling the season at this point. I am tired, Pete. <laughs> I can't imagine how those guys feel right now, yeah. but. Uh, let's dive into the injury report, and uh, that brings us to our first comment, too, from Trevor. Just how big a deal are the defensive injuries to you? And, and just to highlight what the Chiefs are dealing with ahead of this game, uh, Derek Noddy does not seem like he's going to be available for the second consecutive week dealing with that tricep injury. Uh, Willie Gay has been a limited participant all week long, but Andy Reid seemed optimistic uh, about Gay being able to go after only playing a few snaps last week and then Jerry Sneed limited. Mike Edwards was limited. He's in the concussion protocol. See if he, uh, he can clear. Uh, it seems like he's trending in the right direction. But th- those are some some injuries that you want to keep an eye on. But overall, I feel pretty good uh, about the health of the Chiefs defense ahead of this contest. Now we've got some more red flags on the offensive side of the ball. But defense, I think, is going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah, I'll go through them really quickly. Joe Tooney, to me, is not playing in this game. I mean, he's, he's working for three weeks from now to try to get back for the Super Bowl. Isaiah Pacheco, uh, not good that he has two DNPs uh, with with the toe issue. I anticipate he'll play in this game, but you do wonder if this will be more of a a two-headed monster with Pacheco and Edwards Alaire. You never want to see toe and running back, especially at this time of year. And so I would just keep an eye on that. I mean, he's not practicing for a reason. Obviously, this is a a problem. Um, And so we'll see how the Chiefs use him on Sunday. Derek Nottie won't play to me. Uh, Kadarius Tony has been downgraded from a full participant Wednesday to a limited participant Thursday. I don't know if he's going to play again uh, this year for the Chiefs or ever. (laughs) I'm not sure. I don't think he's playing again this season. I don't know if he's going to play for the Chiefs again. I mean, we'll see how that storyline. That's more of an off-season thing to chat about. Willie Gay, although he's been limited, I think he works his way out of a stiff neck to play in this game. Uh, Legarius Sneed, I expect to play. Mike Edwards, good sign that he was able to get on the field on Thursday. We'll see his status on Friday. Shamari Connor has done a really nice job. Um, otherwise, Sky Moore won't practice or hasn't practiced this week. I don't anticipate he's coming off of IAR. Prince Guanogo has logged to uh, full participation. And, uh, you know, the Chiefs really like him as a, a swing tackle type of guy to step in. And you wonder if they make room for him uh, on the 53 here. And then across the way, uh, Mark Andrews is going to be activated uh, on Sunday. Um, and then you're looking at um, Marlon Humphrey, I think, is the other big one. Rocky is in, yeah. uh, downgraded to the DNP, but uh, Humphrey has been limited all week. I, I tend to think Humphrey will play in this game, Steve. 
Yeah, and that's definitely something to watch. He's been saying all week long that he's going to play, but he has been a limited participant. He sat out the divisional round against the Texans. Um, you know, it, it's definitely something to keep an eye on because Marlon Humphrey is absolutely the Ravens' best corner, and I think that's a spot you can actually challenge them. Like, we talk about how talented their secondary is, and it's really yeah. Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams are, are both two high-level NFL safeties, and they really help elevate that secondary as is a whole and marlon humphrey's an important part of that so i i think outside of that you can kind of test their corners a little bit so that's something to watch for the kansas state chiefs on sunday and as far as mark andrews goes like obviously mark andrews is a special player and he's going to be a boost to that offense like if, if you're the ravens you want to have every weapon you possibly can in, in this game but also like i wonder you know, Mark Andrews hasn't played in almost three months. Um, like, are, are we really expecting him to go out there and, and just perform at the same level as Travis Kelsey and what we saw from him last week? Like, I'm a little questionable about that, but Isaiah likely is a very nice player, too, who the Chiefs have to account for on Sunday. Yeah. Um, in speaking with Justin Reed about this topic, he told me that uh, they'll have a plan for both likely and Andrews and them on the field together at the same time. Asked the same thing to Steve Spagnuolo when we got him yesterday. It's a unique challenge because you don't have the recent film of them using uh, Andrews and Likely. Um, you can kind of base some of the things that they've maybe done with just Likely and them doing them with Andrews. But when Andrews is on the field, it, they feature him a lot more. So it creates, creates a unique challenge. And Spagnuolo kind of alluded to the, what you did, Steve. He, he said, you know, I think you hope that there's some some rust there, and so uh, the Chiefs will be hoping that he's a little rusty uh, and does maybe have a, a key drop early on in this game, or it does have to settle in, and that could play to the advantage because you know the Ravens are going to want to get him involved, and for someone who hasn't played in that long, uh, can take a quarter or two or a game or two to to get uh to get feeling like like you are are back in a rhythm, back in the mix, and so. Um, We'll see. I think he's a key part of the game. He wouldn't be practicing, wouldn't be a full participant if the Ravens weren't planning on on using him in this game. And so unique challenge for Kansas City, but also can play into their hands. It, and then it, it makes me curious, like how they are going to use Isaiah likely, because he is a very nice receiving tight end. Like he has been a playmaker for their offense with Andrews out. And if you go back and look when Andrews was healthy, like Isaiah likely was almost non-existent in this offense. Mm. So is that something that, you know, they're saving for late in the season, like these two tight end looks where they're both going to be heavily involved in the passing game. That's something the Chiefs are going to have to keep an eye on on Sunday. So um, uh, we'll, we'll have final injury reports for you later on this afternoon at arrowheadpride.com. We'll also have another media session on Friday, a bunch of press conferences coming your way this afternoon. So keep an eye out for those on the Arrowhead Pride podcast network. But we got a bunch of questions to run through before we get out of here, Pete. Uh, we already talked about the defensive injuries. This is from Charlie on the talk about the weather situation for this weekend's game um it seems like it's gonna be raining um i I think it's gonna be raining in baltimore on sunday i think there's a high chance of rain maybe a little bit of wind but it's not something that i would say it should drastically affect how the chiefs approach this thing yeah it looks like uh i'm just going going to uh weather.com trusty old weather.com um sorry mike nico if you're watching a steady rain in the morning uh, showers continuing in the afternoon, a uh, high of 48 and a chance of rain 80%. Yeah, I, I don't think rain affects Mahomes too much. Uh, famously, he likes to call himself a snow game guy. It seems like the, the sometimes the 
of, of, of course, for Mahomes, it somehow is an advantage, but it, it gives him a maybe a, a better grip on, on the ball. Um, the Chiefs will have it ready. Chance of rain is 80%. Um, rainfall around a quarter of an inch. I don't think this is going to impact the game too much. Uh, I think if you'd ask the Chiefs, they'd say anything but minus 30 uh, is going to be an advantage for us. So this is a uh, 48 degrees, and so uh, that's going to be a lot warmer than a few weeks ago, Steve, when they played in Kansas City. Uh, from Ryder, I've heard Pacheco has a sprained toe. Any worries it might be turf too. I assume he'll go on Sunday. Yeah, I, they've been honest all week long. He's going to play, but it is a turf toe injury that he's dealing Yeah, it with. sounds like it's a turf toe issue. <clears throat> and to me, that's, yeah, that's bad. Um, not ideal. Uh, the Chiefs training staff has been really good about, you know, finding ways to squeeze games out of these guys when uh, they've been at the most important times. And so he'll be receiving treatment and we'll see if there's maybe like this sometimes will be like a corrective thing after the year is done, uh, which Isaiah Pacheco is used to. We don't know. I think I think he's going to be limited to an extent. That's what I've kind of alluded to before. I mean, I, I think because of the injuries, you may see a little bit more of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, um, and that's fine. I mean, he was really good at the end of the season. He's been uh, good in the postseason. Um, of course, you'd want Pacheco at full strength, but I just don't think that'll be the case this week. Uh, also from Ryder, how will Spags balance Chris Jones' deficiencies against the run with needing to keep him out there? Um, I, I've seen a lot uh, of that, uh, a lot made of that this week. And listen, like I, I think we all knew the status of Chris Jones coming in this season. He was trying to get sacks and trying to hit contract incentives, and he's still been an incredibly impactful player. And so while you'd like to see his run numbers be better than before the fourth quarter of a football game, he is still, in my mind, the biggest game changer that you have on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the postseason. So, yeah, hopefully he has a better performance against the run on Sunday afternoon or on Sunday afternoon. But I'm not in any way worried. And I don't think the Chiefs are like, oh, Chris Jones is a liability in the run game. He's going to play a lot on Sunday and he's going to have opportunities to try to make a huge impact. Yeah, I mean, I. I don't know. I think this is a a time if you've ever worried about the motivation of CJ ninety five. Uh, you saw how many pressures he was able to generate while he was looking for, uh, you know, the million dollar and change bonus. Uh, this is uh, as big as the motivation is going to be all year. I mean, you win the game and and you're on to the Super Bowl. You know that Chris Jones doesn't know if he's going to be here next year. And so there's some motivation to end this with a bang to try to have one more game with your, your teammates, that type of thing. I, I think he'll do the assignments uh, as they're assigned. And if they are able to get uh, the Ravens into these third and long uh, fourth and long situations where they're going for it, I mean, he's the ultimate advantage uh, in, in that. And so they'll, They'll play to his strengths, and uh, one thing that we've seen uh, that Joe Cullen, the defensive line coach, and Spagnuolo have not been shy about is is the rotation, and I, I think putting the best possible rotation out there. I mean, if, if you're really looking to do something, Steve, you could give an incentive to him on run stops, then I think he might be the best run stopper in the NFL uh, if they uh, incentivized um, some of those. But, uh, but yeah, that's obviously a joke. I, I'm not worried about Chris Jones. You need Chris Jones to win this football game. And I believe he hits another million dollar incentive if they make a Super Bowl. So I, well, there you I, go. Would, think, I would think he's pretty motivated. There you go. I forgot that. about that. That's a good yeah. reminder, Steve. Thank uh, you. I am not worried about him whatsoever. Uh, last thing from Doug. It was uh, said Philadelphia wanted to play from a lead. They did so in the Super Bowl and Mahomes still came back to win. I'm not worried about getting behind against Baltimore. Well, I'm not worried about it either. But what what we're talking about is how you would like things to go. 
and Mm -hmm. the Ravens want to play with a lead and that's, it's going to be a lot harder. We saw what they did last week against the Texans. Like when they are able to just run the football down your throat and we saw, we've seen the Chiefs struggle with that this year. Like that's how they want to play and they want to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. So my idea is that they don't want to play that way on Sunday if they can help it. Yeah, the, the if you're looking for the script we're talking about, and this is probably what Baltimore wants to do, to Steve's point, pop on the uh, tape from uh, the Green Bay Chiefs game this year. That's what Baltimore would like to do. They want to get ahead early and run the ball down your throats and uh, run out all your possessions. Uh, that's more of what Steve's talking about. I mean, is it over if Baltimore gets up 10? No, but it it you know plays a lot more better to Baltimore in the way they're built than maybe another team. That's all that you were saying. Yeah. It's their it, it plays to their strengths, and in a matchup like this, you want you want to try to dictate uh, the the game flow and the situation. So that's really all the point is. I think the Chiefs are you know if they get down by ten points early in this game, do they have an opportunity to come back? Absolutely. Um, just because yeah. of what we've seen Patrick Mahomes do. Doug Doug really gave it to you there. I'm good for Doug for stepping <laughs> sticking up for himself. Uh, he's Pete Sweeney. Follow him on Twitter at PG Sweeney. I'm Steven Sertz, where you can find me. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Uh, again, we'll have the final injury report for you at arrowheadpride.com this afternoon. We'll have uh, press conferences from today. I also had a fantastic chat with Mike Golick Jr. that will be available for you this afternoon on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, we got a fresh episode of Kingdom Keys coming your way tomorrow, pregame ahead of Sunday's AFC Championship game. We will talk to you guys then. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premiere. It's obviously an exciting time as the Chiefs enter this season, looking to become the first back-to-back Super Bowl champs in nearly 20 years. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. In the offseason, the party won't stop. We'll still be covering the biggest stories and all the offseason's twists and turns will show up in your inbox on a regular basis. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.